0: Welcome to the Hello Craft Podcast, Episode 8. I'm Tina Seamonster, and each week I collect stories of your handmade life. Stories of how making and buying handmade connect us to our past and our future. This week's episode celebrates the American Craft Council show at the Baltimore Convention Center, February 27th through March 1st, 2009, by presenting three stories from vendors at this year's show. To get more information, including times and ticket prices, go to craftcouncil.org slash Baltimore. Story number one. Rebound.
1: Hello, Craft. My name is Caitlin Phillips, and I make purses and wallets out of recycled books. My love affair with crafting has always been entangled with my love of books. It's in my blood. My mom is the most amazing crafter ever. She can make just about everything. And it seems like growing up, she really did just make about everything. But her true love is quilting, so I spent a lot of time in fabric stores growing up. I love looking through all of the beautiful fabrics and imagining the things they could turn into. But I probably spent just as much time in used bookstores or at the library with my dad. I was a voracious reader from a very young age and had to constantly feed my habit. I even wanted to have my very own used bookstore when I grew up. I did end up working in one when I was 18, but that's another story. Growing up, I would read just about anything I could get my hands on, but my favorite books were fantasy and adventure stories. We had to do a lot of book reports in school and if you made a project to go with it you got extra credit well shocker i was a bit of a nerd and honestly a grade grubber (laughs) so i always went a little bit overboard more than just the standard shoebox diorama in fourth grade i remember making a fully functional marionette of the horse from the island stallion i designed him based on this vintage elephant marionette i had and my dad helped me cut out all the different wood pieces, and my mom helped me sew the fabric to make his legs. He was painted this reddish brown and had this beautiful full mane and tail made from black yarn. I can still remember the smell of the varnish. I pranced him around the classroom on the little marionette holder while I gave my report, and it was just, it was the coolest book report ever. I also did a watercolor painting of Misty of Shinkatink that year. I guess I was really into horses when I was 10 years old. In 6th grade, I was reading the Lloyd Alexander Prydain Chronicles, and I made a complete popsicle-stick puppet show of the entire cast of the series. I'm talking over, like, 25 different characters, animals, all sorts of stuff. But my always and forever favorite book is Lord of the Rings. My father read it to me when I was about seven, and I've read it over 25 times since. I was completely obsessed with it in junior high. I taught myself to write in elvish runes, and I would cover my notebooks in them. I had a cape I made out of an old velvet skirt of my mom's, and I would dress up in it. And I even made a spool doll out of old wooden thread spools to be Galadriel. I made her a golden dress and gave her long blonde ringlets for hair. In retrospect, it was a pretty silly doll and, and looked nothing like a proper elf, but I was very proud of her at the time. Making craft projects inspired by books isn't anything new in my family, though. Before I was born, my mom made my dad a stuffed doll of a hobbit, except I guess she hadn't really read the books because she gave this Frodo doll a detachable hat with rabbit ears, with big, long, floppy rabbit ears. <laughs> um, he was still pretty awesome, though, with big, furry feet, so it she got that part right. So, fast forward many years to myself as a grown woman. I've created my dream job. I get to spend hours in used bookstores and fabric stores, and it's work. My favorite part of the job is picking up the fabrics for each book. I look for a fabric that just looks like it grew out of the book, like they were meant for each other. It's the two best parts of my childhood and my life merging into one beautiful thing, the crafty love that I got from my mom, and the love of literature that I inherited from my dad. Now, here's the really funny part. I found an old paperback copy of The Hobbit to make a wallet out of, the very same edition that my dad had used to read to me. And on the back cover, someone years ago had drawn a little picture of Bilbo,
0: and he had rabbit ears!
1: (laughs) And next to it, they wrote, A Hobbit Like a Rabbit! (laughs) So I guess my mom wasn't the only one. (laughs) One of these days, when I'm a rich and famous crafter with lots of free time, I'm going to finally have my mom teach me how to quilt. I already have some ideas in mind, inspired by none other than some of my favorite books. Thanks so much.
0: Caitlin's description of her horse marionette made me think of some of my own school art projects. The giant robot made from diaper boxes and tin foil, the paper mache knife-wielding rabbit that my friend Lori and I dubbed Psycho Bunny, these projects could have totally told me about the crafter I would become. You can see Caitlin at the American Craft Council Baltimore show, booth number 319. You can check out what Caitlin does at www.rebound-designs.com. Story number two, learning to draw. Hello,
2: craft. My name is Rania Hassan and I make knit paintings and goku printed notebooks with my illustrations. I spend almost all of my free time painting and illustrating. And my whole studio is pretty much, well, my whole house is pretty much an art studio. But there was a time in life when I couldn't draw and it drove me insane. This is my story. When I was young, I truly believed that artists and people with long hair were the most beautiful people in the world. But I couldn't draw. My parents are big travelers and love visiting museums. Mom tells me stories about how she carried me around museums in Paris when I was tiny. On my 12th birthday, my family moved to Dubai. While schooling months were spent there, our summers were spent hopping from country to country around the world. We pretty much spent all our summers traveling. That's three months every year. With all the time spent in transit, a lot of things I learned to do in airports and on planes. I really knew where I would be doing my summer homework assignments but I always kept a sketchbook and pencils in my bag. It was over a typical summer of much travel when I was 14 that I suddenly discovered I could really draw, but I had no idea what happened, nor did my art teacher. I was always so envious of people who could draw. I would spend hours watching them my lunch breaks at school and then go home and try on my own, but all I could manage were outlines. That was it. I remember a portrait hanging in my room. It was a picture of me done in London when I was four. It always made me think, what would I cut all my hair off? And occasionally I would erase random lines on this portrait and redraw them. I don't think anyone figured this out, and I actually never drew my long hair back in. So, I did think about it. A lot. I was studying at a British secondary school, and at 13 you have to pick 8 subjects based on your career interests, which you're stuck with for 2 years. Of course, one of my 8 subjects was art. At the end of the second year, we were granted from school board in England against all other schools in the universe. Art was my favorite class. Yet all I could manage were outlines. They were in outlines, but my crabby teacher, Mrs. Peary, didn't really do much to help me better my skills. I had the absolute worst art teacher you could imagine. Maybe the most negative person I had ever met. She was a total bitch. It almost seemed a challenge that I could prove myself as an artist. But first, I had to find the skills to prove her over the summer between these two years, and after a very bad first year of art, we were stranded at an airport in Houston. We waited hours and hours for a flight to Venezuela that was delayed. It was in the hours that I took the newspaper my dad had just finished reading, turned the front page, pulled out my empty script and started drawing from one of the images. And for the first time ever, I could do it! More than just outlines were coming out. I was shaking. There were shadows and light, and I drew exactly what I was seeing. Crazy! It didn't make any sense. I suddenly could draw. I'm not sure how it happened, but I was so excited my newly found skills. I continued drawing over newspapers. i take whatever the flight attendants gave me. Didn't matter what language, because all I really wanted was a picture. I went on to do a lot of portraits of people. Some I remember, like my father, the uncle who visited in Venezuela. And then an Air Force guy I used to hang out with at our beach club over Desert Storm. After summer was over, I also remember going back to school and completely confusing my art teacher. I'm not sure she ever believed the work was really mine. I managed to paint enough that year to make up for both years. And I got an A. And then I went on with stable art, the next step up. And then two years later, without even completing the requirements, oh a dissertation, boring. And then I got an idea as well. My parents were so excited. Everything I ever painted a sketch have framed and hung on a wall somewhere. This is embarrassing. But they also bought me every supply I ever wished for. So I really can't complain. I did have other creative outlets, like the friendship bracelet business. that when I started. We made a lot, but sold nothing. Oh, and my secret job moonlighting as an agony aunt columnist for the local paper received hundreds of dear Aunt Rania letters a week. I just mentioned this this Sean, he thinks agony on Collins are a British thing. I'd like to take a moment to say I sincerely apologize for any bad advice I ever gave. I started writing the story out on a plane while I was on my way to Vegas. I was there for a full trade show, a gigantic art and design event where I got to show my knit paintings and, of course, my hand-printed illustrations on notebooks and lunch bags. And now I'm back in D.C. In a few days, I'll be showing my knit paintings at the American Craft Council show in Baltimore. At 13, I never would have guessed this is what I would end up doing. Oh, and my hair is back to being short again. Mm -hmm. Today, I still carry a sketchbook on me everywhere I go, and I always overfill it with drawings. My whole house is an art studio. And just like when I was 14, every time I sit down to draw or paint, I always wonder if I still remember how to do it. My company name is Gosh Starnet. You can find me at goshstarnet.com, and my shop is shoofly.etsy.com. Thanks, Hello Craft.
0: Rania will be showing her work in the Alt Craft booth at the American Craft Council Baltimore Show February 27th to March 1st. You can check out what Rania does online at raniahasan.com or at shoefly.etsy.com Story number three, Sweet Pepita
3: Hello, Craft. My name is Shannon and I sew kids' clothes. I started my business in 2007, just about a year after my, my daughter was born. And I did it out of a little bit out of necessity and a little bit out of just feeling like it was something I had to do. She was a hopper. She didn't crawl. She hopped everywhere she wanted to go, and she was really, really good at it. She would get into all sorts of things, and I worked out of my house as a jeweler, so you can just imagine this was not a good thing. (laughs) I started sewing for her, using my old clothes. We have a really small house. It's only 12 feet wide, so we have to be really careful about what we keep, and we're always cleaning out. The thing that was hardest for me to get rid of was this one T-shirt I had. It was a Depeche Mode T-shirt that I hadn't worn in years because I'm 32. (laughs) Um, It was all misshapen, and I just, you know, I was not going to wear it, but I couldn't get rid of it. It was my T-shirt from when I was a teenager. So... I, I committed to making it into something better and I did. I made it into a very cool kid's t-shirt that felt good. It felt like it was okay to have it reincarnated and, and have it move out of my drawer. It's sometimes amazing to me to think about how I got here. I would never have imagined 10 years ago that this would be my life now. I studied Spanish. I was a Spanish major. In college, I minored in Latin American studies, and I studied jewelry, fabrication, and design. While I studied Spanish, I traveled a lot. I spent two weeks studying Cuba. I studied in Guatemala and in Mexico. And while I was in Cuba, I was particularly impressed by people's ability to create new objects out of existing leftovers and broken things. They wouldn't just you know piece it together it would just be meant to be it would look like oh of course it's always supposed to have been a table and not a radiator or (laughs) the objects were created out of necessity but they looked like art one of the reasons i do what i do is because i had the time to (laughs) obsess over where kids things come from while i was pregnant i had a really difficult pregnancy and I was on bed rest a lot. My daughter wasn't, at first she wasn't growing as quickly as they would like, and her heart rate wasn't as strong as they would like, and so I had to be still so that she could use as much energy as I could give her. And uh, by the time she was born, it was really clear <laughs> what was wrong. No one could see before she was born, but as soon as she came out, the doctors were shocked. They Umbilical cord was barely attached to the placenta. The umbilical cord is supposed to be really, really firmly attached to the placenta. It's supposed to be nice and thick, and it's the way the baby gets her nutrition and her blood and her oxygen. Um, My daughter's umbilical cord was hanging on by a string. They took her off to NICU. Right after she was born, we were able to hold her for about or 20 seconds it was too short we were left in the room with the placenta we went from having 30 doctors all crammed in the room during the birth to just a steady stream of doctors and interns and students and researchers coming in to see the placenta and practically every single one of us or one of them would um, look up at my husband and me and say wow you guys are really lucky They told us they rarely see kids survive that, and that we should name our daughter Miracle, and we might have if we hadn't already decided that on four names for our daughter. We couldn't decide on just three. We had just too many people we needed to name her after. My daughter's name is Alice Antonella Pepita, and I named my business after her. I do this because I am inspired by her, and I think that her clothes should be as cool as she is. Okay, I think I did it. (laughs) This is Shannon Delanoi, and my business is Sweet Pea Pizza.
0: It's really amazing how stressful situations can change who we become. While my twins have a bunch of Shannon's wonderful shirts, some made from my old shirts, some that Shannon created, I didn't know the story behind her business until I listened to this call. Now every time I put one of her shirts on my girls, I think about how much she loves her own daughter and how important what she does is to her, and how sometimes when we think life cannot get any more difficult, those stressful situations create an entirely new you. Shannon will be showing her work in the alt craft booth at the American Craft Council Show in Baltimore. You can check out her Etsy shop at www.sweetpapita.etsy.com. Thanks to Caitlin, Rania, and Shannon for sharing their stories with us. We hope that if you are in the Baltimore area, you will check out 700 of the country's leading craft artists at the American Craft Council Show at the Baltimore Convention Center, February 27th to March 1st. You can go online at craftcouncil.org Baltimore for times and tickets and anything else you need to know about this show. Hello Craft will also be there doing one of our famous shopper show and tells as well as recording stories for this podcast. Now we want to hear from you. This show is listener-generated. Just call our toll-free voicemail number at 1-888-317-3785 and leave a message up to five minutes long. You can get all of this info plus much, much more online at HelloCraft.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week for another episode of HelloCraft. Hello Craft is produced by me, Tina Seamonster, and edited by the lovely Chrissy Downey.